1: Johnson's Airconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, all involved in legislation up in the House, up in the Senate in Tallahassee. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen, to find out what's new with Boo. Seat Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll also visit with uh, my wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise, and we'll get an update from her, what's happening here locally and across the country. It is April the 27th, and on this day in 1805, after marching 500 miles from Egypt, U.S. agent William Eaton led a small force of U.S. Marines and Berber mercenaries against the Tripolitan port city of Derna. The Marines and Berbers were on a mission to depose uh, the ruling Pasha of Tripoli, who had seized power from his brother, Apache was sympathetic to the United States. The first Barbary War uh, had begun four years earlier, when U.S. President Thomas Jefferson ordered the U.S. Navy vessels to the Mediterranean Sea in protest of continuing raids against U.S. ships by pirates from Barbary states Morocco, Algeria, Tunis, and Tripolitana. Tripolitania, I should say. American sailors were often abducted along with the captured booty and ransomed back to the United States as an exorbitant price. After two years of minor confrontation sustained, action began in June 1803 when a small U.S. expeditionary force attacked Tripoli Harbor in present-day Libya. In 1805, in April, a major U.S. victory came when the Derna campaign was undertaken by the U.S. land forces in North Africa, supported by heavy guns of the U.S. Argus and the U.S.S. Hornet. Marines and Arab mercenaries under William Eaton captured Derna and deposed of uh, the Pasha. Lieutenant Presley O'Bannon, commanding the Marines, performed so heroically that the battle that Hamlet Karamani presented him with a uh, elaborately designed sword that now serves as the pattern for the swords carried by Marine officers. The phrase, to the shores of Tripoli, from the official song of the U.S. Marine Corps, also came as its origins in Dorna in that campaign. Millions for defense, not one cent for tribute. That's Charles Pinckney in his reply to the French who demanded some sort of uh, tribute uh, in order to return and to settle uh, things with uh, the Barbary Coast. Interesting story. While the Florida Department of Health on Monday reported only 50 new cases of COVID-19 in Collier County and no additional deaths, things are looking better and better in Collier County. The White House on Monday defended President Joe Biden's decision to wear a mask during a video summit with world leaders on Thursday and Friday. The summit on climate change was held virtually with 40 world leaders due to ongoing coronavirus pandemic. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki I said Monday that the president wanted to send a message to the world leaders about the importance of wearing a mask, because he is sending a message to the world that he is putting in place precautions. Continuing to do what uh, that, as a leader of the United States, she said when a reporter asked about uh, why he was wearing the mask, Biden wore his mask when he was not speaking, one of the few world leaders to do so. <laughs> Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Climate czar John Kerry and other officials wore masks during the summit, even though they were six feet apart and presumably vaccinated. Saki said the president and White House staff would continue to wear masks in the building until the Centers for Disease Control guidance for workplaces changed. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Right now we're on masks down here in the Paradise Coast, and uh, maybe other people will embrace this. I don't think so. He's he kind of looks f- foolish to me. By the way, his first Congress address to uh, the joint session of Congress will feature a limited seating tonight. My guess is that the viewership will be limited as well. By the way, 25% of Republicans say they won't get vaccinated, according to an NBC poll conducted uh, this past Sunday. Well, a coastal South this is a pr- uh, nice story. Uh, a coastal South Carolina University student, Zachary Reddick is in the news after he was awarded a $25,000 scholarship from the restaurant where he works. This after he had to quit school to care for his mother, who was battling cancer. Greg started working at Chick-fil-A on James Island, Charleston, South Carolina, where he was 15, hoping to earn some extra cash to help his family Working at the restaurant became a source of stability for the teen and his family. In return, Reddick, now 21, has showed tremendous leadership as an employee and became a team leader within a few years of joining the business. He eventually had to quit school to look after a sick mom until she passed away last April but he aspired to advance his career and started focusing on his education last year. In March 2021, Chick-fil-A awarded him the True Inspiration Scholarship worth $25,000 for his leadership and inspirational contribution in addition to financial need. He continued devotion to his education online, also demonstrated remarkable dedication towards his coursework. It's a nice story, isn't it? You know, you think about the woke uh, corporations right now who are doing things that are, quite frankly, upsetting half the country. This story won't upset anybody. It's inspirational. And this is the true way that corporations can express uh, what they believe, which is really a remarkable thing. Uh, I would imagine there will be a lot of applications to, to work at Chick-fil-A. Well, the California Secretary of State confirmed it is... Uh, verified enough signatures to initiate the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. The recall election would take place later this year. Lieutenant Governor is required to call a recall election to be held no less than 60 days no more than 80 days from the date of certification of sig- uh, significant or sufficient signatures. Recall elections have different rules that, uh, than traditional elections. As Cal Matters pointed out earlier this year, even if Newsom gets more votes than his challenges, he could lose his job. In recall elections, voters are first asked whether they would like to get rid of the of the incumbent. The next part is selecting a replacement for the list of challengers. Newsom, the incumbent, would not be on the list. If the yes vote gets more than 50% of votes, whichever challenger comes in first place is the replacement uh, on the replacement list. The challenger doesn't need to get more than 50% of the votes. They simply need to come into, uh, in first on the list of replacements. So if uh, the public... Uh, Californians vote, uh, get him out, they say yes, then uh, the person with the most votes becomes the new governor of the state of uh, California. The Supreme Court said Monday that the next term it will consider a Second Amendment case concerning a New York law that restricts a person from carrying a concealed handgun in public for self-defense, marking roughly a decade since justices have ruled on a significant case about gun rights, the announcement follows several recent mass shootings and Biden's administration's push for tighter gun controls. The case marks the case's, or I should say, the court's first on gun rights since Justice Amy Coney Barrett joined the bench last year, giving it a 6-3 conservative majority. Now, whether that'll amount to anything, who knows? But the court has turned down review of the issue in June before Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death. So it should be interesting. Concealed carry, that's on the docket for the Supreme Court in the next session. Why well, did you watch the Academy Awards? No, neither did I. The Academy Awards tel- television audience plunged not to 9.85 million viewers on ABC, less than half of the Oscars' previous low, and a continuing a startling trend of viewer tune-out of the award shows. The Nielsen's Company preliminary estimate shows that the audience who watched Nomad Lad. What when Best Picture on Sunday was 58 percent below last year's tally of 23.6 million folks, which had set the previous record for least watched Oscar talent. Uh, At one time, uh, the Oscars were all the way up to 33 million uh, viewers. I'm sorry, 37.3 million viewers. Way down now, and uh, you know, again, uh, we're seeing this woke uh, Oscars. People coming on and giving their political views—I think it's turning people off. When are they going to get the message? Well, the UN Nations, the United Nations Economic and Social Council voted through a secret ballot election uh, last week to allow Iran to join the Women's Rights Commission for the next four years. I'm not kidding; they really did. Iran will be on the Human Rights Council. Uh, the goal of the commission on the status of women is to promote gender equality and empower women worldwide. However, Iran has been known to consider women as second-class citizens drawing questions about which nation supported the effort. The Middle East country received 43 out of 54 votes from the U.N. Uh, member countries that attended the Economic and Social Council meeting. This is just total insanity. It's just one more reason, in my opinion, why we should not be involved in the U.N. Well, heels up. Uh, Kamala Harris got testy with a reporter on Sunday when he asked when she's why she's not going to the southern border. Joe Biden, of course, appointed Kamala Harris as the border czar on May, March the twenty-fourth, and she still hasn't visited the country. In the uh, more than seventeen thousand unaccompanied minors are now in the U.S. custody, living jam-packed in Biden cages. Harris says there are tens of thousands of illegal agents. Uh, aliens infected with COVID-19, chickenpox, and lice, they're living uh, uh, in cages is, quote-unquote, progress. I'm not kidding, she really said that. Harris received a lot of backlash, mainly from conservative media, for traveling to New Hampshire on Friday rather than going to the border. Kamala Harris appeared on a television affiliate of ABC on Sunday and couldn't handle a softball question about her absence. The The reporter was polite, but asked Kamala Harris how she... Has she been shielded from the media for more than a year? She's brushed off reporter with a juvenile answer. I'm not going to play political games, she said. Something as serious as hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens, and uh, she's calling it a political game. By the way, her book, Superheroes Everywhere, is included in the welcome packet as a gift to migrant illegal uh, immigrants into the United States. Crazy stuff. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. That and more right here in The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool, rockin' good time.
0: Back to the Bob Harton show, and now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now, we have with us our state senator and Chairman of the Rules Committee, Kathleen Pasadomo. Thank you so much for joining us, Kathleen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing up there in Tallahassee?
2: Well, it's the last week of session, so it's, uh, as I tell everybody, I'm up to my eyeballs and alligators.
1: Well, so we're so grateful for your taking time with us uh, this morning, Kathleen. So uh, how's the budget looking? I know that that's the big task that has to be completed. Yes.
2: Well, last night, uh, basically, the budget got closed out. Um, there you know, still working on a few of the conforming and implementing bills, but that's uh, ministerial mainly. So the process is um, the budget that the House and the Senate have, have agreed upon are the same, and uh, they're, it's being printed up uh, virtually, not literally. No, we're not going to hand out millions of copies. Mm-hmm. And, that, and before we print it out, put it on the senator's desk, and the representative's desk. The staff goes through it line by line to make sure that you know all the numbers match and everything is the same. And then we have what is called a cooling off period, which is 72 hours uh, after we receive the budget for us to review it, and then you know make sure that there aren't any glaring errors or mistakes or et cetera. And then we get to we get vote on the budget uh, at that 72 hours. Mm-hmm. So we are all counting down. Uh, 72 hours starts uh, today, so if we get the budget uh, today at noon, we can vote on Friday at noon, which isn't going to happen because we're not going to get it that early unless they've been up all night working on it. Um, uh, my druthers, and I think most of my colleagues, is to get it around 4 or 5 o'clock today <laughs> so we can vote on it uh, on Friday at 4 or 5 o'clock.
1: So interesting. So, if if you uh, can't meet that timeline, does that mean you extend another week, or do you score yes. to Saturday?
2: Well, it depends. If we get it at you know midnight uh, tonight, then we could stay on Friday till midnight, or come back Saturday morning, which we have done, I think one or two times in the time I've been in the legislature. We've come back Saturday morning, uh, voted, and we're able to leave. Mm-hmm. But if we don't get it till tomorrow um, or even. Um, Thursday, it could mean we'd have to come back next week. So, and that has happened as well.
1: Yeah. The and del- then, of
2: course, that's complicated. We have a special session that the um, president and the speaker um, have set for um, May 17th because we have the gaming compact to review.
1: So interesting. So, uh, I would imagine in this process of reconciling the budget and getting it onto the governor's desk, uh, uh, there's is there possible of uh, legislation that has been approved by both houses, uh, both the Senate and the House, uh, ends up get, be, getting cut because of the budget?
2: Well, <coughs> yes, and also um, the uh, much of the legislation that we pass has a budget implication. So uh-huh. if we we pass a bill that has um, an appropriation in it, if it's not in the budget, then the bill really... It, either meaningless or you just have to wait because the funds aren't made available. The other thing that could happen is the the governor uh, will go through the budget and he could veto uh, certain portions of it which uh, typically has been done.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. So, uh, taking a step back, are you happy with the budget?
2: I am. uh, It's been a very interesting process because we um, anticipate uh, billions of dollars of federal stimulus money and we have been um you know a lot of our constituents and the lobbies of course and members are saying wow this is great we have all this money let's spend it the problem is that that's a one-shot um pot of money that is going to come to all the states and if you you have to be careful because if you spend it on something that is recurring we're not going to have it next year so um, and that's a, a danger to fall into. The first thing you do is give people raises or whatever from right. that money. Well, that's not going to work for the following year, so we have to be judicious. And we're looking at spending those dollars on non recurring projects like uh, building new schools that are needed and that kind of thing. Mm. So um, it, it's a delicate balance.
1: Yes. Uh, well, of course, uh, if we don't have the pandemic and we don't have recurrence of the type of health issues we had, Uh, hopefully the economy will be robust enough to replace that government money.
2: Well, we've been fortunate in in that the policies that uh, Governor DeSantis has put in place uh, during the pandemic have have jump-started Florida uh, uh, well before other states that are actually still in lockdown. And so our economy is is starting to boom. And, And the one thing that we're We're seeing there's our tourism industry is starting to pick back up because people from other states who would typically go other places, whether it's to europe or or you know Bahamas or whatever, are coming to Florida, yeah, because we're open for business, and our restaurants are open and our hotels are open. So uh, that's been very helpful just recently
1: absolutely and our weather is great of course <laughs> absolutely kathleen final question uh this uh with the census bureau back is now back it looks like we're going to get another seat uh yes. in congress which is great news now yeah, i just uh, brings up this whole question about how is this all apportioned and who makes the decisions about the how think how the things are realigned
2: the uh, legislature so what will happen is uh this fall, the uh, House and the Senate will each convene a a, a committee that will um, uh, address that the issue and I went through it ten years ago. Uh-huh. Um, I was on the um, the uh, the committee and it was it was a fascinating process i don 't think we'll do it the same way back then we had at least a year we don 't have as much time, and we traveled all over the state meeting with people um, to find out. You know what? Their what what the uh, constituents um, uh, were thinking. I, I'm not sure we we have the opportunity to do that this this year this year, uh, but it'll be a a very intense process. And uh, you're right, we're we're picking up one seat. I was surprised. I thought we would we get two, and it wasn't by that many votes. Right, that many people. That's, um, that's But right. we'll we'll see what happens.
1: Absolutely. So uh, it's a pretty tight timeline because you've got uh, you know you find out in the fall. Uh, the, about this, you, then you can start the process of reapportioning. That might be challenged in court. You know, when the when the final right. decision it will made. be. And, it will be. And that's that's you know, then you have to have candidates. They have to know where the lines are. That whether they want right. to run or not. I mean, it's it's going to be really tight uh, coming up to two thousand
2: twenty-two. yeah, because session starts in January. So uh, we we will have to actually present the maps and have the maps reviewed in in full house and the full Senate be voted on during session has to go to the governor, uh, uh for, uh, hopefully not to veto and then, um, be implemented and then it would uh, take effect in the 2022 election. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a, a tight time frame. Um, the good thing is we have, um, computers that actually can, can sort the data that's in this input. And as long as you put input, the data properly and, and validly, uh, it shouldn't be as much of a, uh, an issue as it was 20 years ago when they, we didn't have the computers t- to uh, you know, sort information.
1: Kathleen pa- Pasadena, again, our State Center, so grateful that you've taken time for our listeners today. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, and have a great day.
1: You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with uh, Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs>
0: or more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Bob Harton show, and now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. in building a performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting Gulf Shore Playhouse. Dot org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Now it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Just that phrase makes me smile. <laughs> Boo Morton <laughs> right, right here in the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Well, it's my pleasure. I have a really interesting article about immigrants. And, you know, we're all immigrants
2: mm-hmm. to this country. Yep.
3: But now it is... Anyway, this is what research had to say about immigrants. America has more immigrants than any other nation on Earth. Uh-huh. More than 40 million people living here were born in another country.
1: 40 million? This is million.
3: 2020.
1: 40 million out of 360 million. That's a lot. 331 million actually. Well,
3: and the number grows because if you combine the U- their U.S.-born children, so you've got the immigrants, their U.S.-born children that they had here. Uh-huh. It comes up to $85 million. Wow. Uh, and 77% of these immigrants are here illegally. Here I did not know that.
1: 77% are here legally? Yes. Or illegally. Illegally, okay. Well, legally. That, yeah, yeah, and uh, so that means that 23% are not. That's a big number.
3: Uh, when you take it that way, yes. So some friends of ours went down to Mexico for a wedding. They were told that they had to take shots, that they had to, or no, they had to take a COVID test to get back into the nation, back in the United States. The question they asked is, okay, we've already been tested. We've had the shots. But for us to get back in the United States, we have to be retested. Are all the immigrants coming into the Mexican border are they all being tested coming in?
1: No, they're not. no, they're being given a copy of Campbell Harris's book <laughs> as a yeah, well, gift.
3: Doesn't that seem a little inconsistent?
1: It really does. Reminds me of the time that we went over to Palm Beach in order to get our, uh, so we could travel. We'll get that, uh, what is it called? Like the. Oh, Fast fast pass to get through customs and all that nonsense. Remember that when that happened a couple years ago? And sure, global at the, entry, yeah. Uh, I think it was actually during the Obama administration. The point being is that we actually had to go over there and do that. Meanwhile, you had open borders and people being brought across the border. with They didn't have any passes or anything at all. It's so inconsistent. It's so frustrating to think about what's happening.
3: It is, and it seems like it's only getting worse.
1: Well, it is getting, I mean, uh, Kamala Harris, Kamala, whatever her name is, went up to, uh, I think it was New Hampshire. So she's going to New Hampshire. (laughs) She hasn't entered into the border. She's going to fly down to Costa Rica or one of those countries, Guatemala. I've forgotten which one, but uh, not going to go visit the border. I mean, this is so absurd right now. Where's the accountability? Where's the leadership?
3: I don't know. I think we've lost it, Bob.
1: Yeah. Well, we certainly I, I really
3: do. Anyway, <clears throat> sometimes if you think about it too much and you think about it in detail and you think about the ramifications <clears throat> and you think about how divisive our country still is becoming and you think about the impact, the profound impact of social media, I'll tell ya, you, you almost don't want to get out of bed.
1: Yeah, on the other side, though, right now we're going through this audit in, in uh, Maricopa County and uh, Arizona. And uh, what's interesting now is that uh, 75 million people have not, you know, they're not saying, okay, Biden's our president, just shrugging their shoulders and moving on. Uh, A lot of us are still well invested in the election results of November the 3rd, what's happening uh, in in terms of these elections. I think once Maricopa County is completed, uh, we're going to move to Wisconsin, to uh, Georgia. We'll ask for an audit in all these states. I think ultimately we're going to show... Uh, with conclusively that uh, Biden was not the uh, elected as president of the United States.
3: But you know, what are they going to do? Throw him out?
1: Well, uh, no, they're not. I think what will happen then is that uh, there are grounds to take the case with all this proof to federal court. That would be Trump suing Biden for stealing the election. And if uh, he wins, it'll obviously be challenged. Then it'll end up at the Supreme Court now. What could happen is the Supreme Court says, "Well, you know, if you read the Constitution, uh, the uh, the states have already spoken, and uh, even though yes, he did uh, cheat, uh, we 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 don't have grounds to overturn the election." That could happen. On the other hand, the Supreme Court could step up and put on their big boy pants and say, "You know what? He did cheat, and uh, quite frankly, the correct." Uh, President of the United States is Donald Trump, and just say, "Okay, we, it'll be a constitutional crisis. It'll be messy, but uh, they'll get Biden out and put Trump in." I, you're speechless. I don't
3: think, <laughs> I, I'm speechless. I don't think it'll happen.
1: No, neither do I. But uh, I, you know, if you think about what could happen, that could happen. Now, whether it will or not, I, I, I don't know. But again, it comes down to, you know, we're we're ignoring a lot of truth right now. We have a lot of stuff going on, all this, all this structural racism and all this nonsense. I mean, a lot of lies being perpetrated with no absolute, no foundation in truth. And uh, so in that context, it probably won't happen.
3: No, <clears throat> not if the media has anything to do with it. No. <clears throat> you know, on a different note... Remember the old TV ads, see the USA in your Chevrolet?
1: I certainly do. And remember every
3: Sunday you take a drive in your car? It was such a neat deal to be a car. We were so car-centric, and, you know, America had such a love affair with cars. Yeah, I do. I think, we, I think that that's changing. I read a huge article about how gasoline-fueled cars will very shortly be a thing of the past. In fact, California is going to ban all gasoline cars in the state after 2035, as is Britain. So, I mean, this is kind of a global thing. Yeah. And so you've got more people driving electric cars, which will change the dynamics of cars. It will certainly change the automotive industry. And all the subsidiary industries that feed into the automotive industry, but you've got that combined with what happened in, with COVID—is they found out that not everybody has to go into the office all the time. Yeah. And so, do you really need a car? They estimate that cars spend ninety percent of their life in your garage. Yeah. Why have a car?
1: That's a great point. I actually why
3: not have a ride sharing service?
1: Well, I actually thought about uh, with uh, Uber gaining traction yep. a couple of years ago. I began to say, why am I owning a car anyhow? I only drive the thing about six thousand miles a year, anyhow. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, right. who, who wants to wait around for a car? So it's it's the convenience, quite frankly, and the freedom that you have by owning a car, even if you only drive it, you know, three or four thousand miles. But
3: see, but it's. But you decide, okay, I need a car. So I think what's going to happen is Uber and Lyft are going to become more sophisticated, and you will buy into a ride-sharing service.
1: That's interesting.
3: So you'll guarantee it. So it'll become much more sophisticated, much more accommodating. In fact, Toyota is going to rebrand itself. It is the mobility company now.
1: Huh. And it's, so it's not an
3: automotive industry. It is a mobility company. This is all going to change how we use cars.
1: So, you got to change subjects, but going back and thinking about those Sunday rides, you, uh, I can recall when I was a kid, little kid, pajama rides. We'd get in our pajamas and drive around. You uh, a mom, or drive around in the car and uh, take the kids. Did you ever do that?
3: Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, we used to, I don't know, something about a Sunday. We were always doing that on a Sunday.
1: Uh-huh.
3: And, you know, my father was drafted by the New York Yankees, so whenever we were in a car, we had a baseball game on. Wow. So even now, if I hear a baseball game, it always reminds me of being in the car in the Sunday drive and um, listening to the radio, listening to baseball. Those were the good old days. They That's when were. you had TV trays and TV dinners and you...
1: Watch TV as a family. Yeah, that's you're, those are simpler and better times. Once we lost JFK and he was assassinated, uh, the world changed, became more complicated and uh, less simple, less enjoyable, I guess, in some ways. In, in my view, that's the fantasy I have of the past. So interesting. Boo Mortensen, again, uh, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: My pleasure.
1: All right, have a great week. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with... Uh, uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Do you? The
0: Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more by visiting ChoiceSocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with my wife, Linda. Right now, we have with us Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Good morning, sir.
1: Tell us about Less Government.
4: Yeah, we exist. Just- size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's going to be a long four years.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. What a slog. So uh, you wrote your latest Red State column. was terrific. And uh, why the government wants to get into the free market zanadu of Internet, I have no idea. But the column is called, Government is Lying About What Broadband Is and What We Need From It. What are your your thoughts?
4: Well, they they have... They've been involved, they've tried to become Internet service providers of governments, local governments around the country, for basically since the beginning of the Internet, Um, over 400 times, and it's a disaster. Um, There's a website called broadbandboondoggles.com. It's got an interactive map. You can go and look and read about all the different attempts. Um, My favorite being iProvo in Utah, where... They spent millions and millions of dollars on equipment, and they're going to build this network, and it's going to be super fast, and it's going to be, everyone's going to love it, and nobody joined, and they ended up selling all their infrastructure to Google for a dollar, and then they they had to implement a statewide sales tax to bail out Provo for trying to do this.
1: Now, see, is, see, this, this,
4: like I said, there's over 400 examples of this. Yeah, Seaton,
1: well, if I can just ahead. insert here, I mean, the, the reason we're talking about this and why this is so insignificant is because this infrastructure program incl- right, right. includes a hundred. Included
4: in this $2 trillion mess is $100 billion to do this all over again. Right. Um, the 2009 stimulus had $7.2 billion. Undaunted and un, un, undaunted by facts and reality this, this now it's a hundred billion yeah um, now w- 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 the the reason they say they're doing this is to connect the unconnected rural America is not connected to the internet well that's almost entirely a lie exactly um, over ninety seven percent of Americans everywhere in America ninety seven percent of rural Americans excuse me um, were connected as of 2019, so mm-hmm. it's gotten even better since then. Sure. So that's a lie. The, perhaps the biggest lie they tell is they only count hardline connections to your house as an Internet connection. Huh? They don't count your cell phone as an Internet connection. Huh. Now, anyone listening to us right now can pick up their cell phone. Right, there's nothing more bandwidth-intensive on the internet right now than watching video, anyone listening to this show can pick up their cell phone, pull up YouTube or whatever video site you want to go to, and stream seamlessly high definition video on your cell phone right now. Right. Why doesn't that count as an internet connection to the government?
1: because they want to spend our money on... Uh... Right,
4: because they want to, ju- they want to infl- artificially inflate the number of people that aren't connected right, to then justify their existence as being broadband providers. Um, and, and by the way, you can do that on your devices, your wireless devices, on the 4G network. When we get to 5G, which is coming in the next couple years, depending upon what part of the country you're in, you're going to get a gigabit of speed a second, up and down. Not just down. Not just what you're downloading, but what you're uploading to the internet. Now, to put that in perspective, to watch high definition video on uh, on on your phone, it's five m- uh, millibits per second. A gigabit is a thousand millibits. So when so when 5G comes, everyone's connected to the Internet at speeds far faster than anything we need to do on the Internet. Uh. And it'll be very easy to connect to the remaining less than 3%, because you go out into, you know, small-town USA, you drop four little pizza box antennas, which is what uh, 5G uses. They don't use the big, giant towers. They do, but to, to deliver to a certain area... Once they get to that point, it's small little pizza box antennas that they spread around town. And then all of a sudden, Small Town USA is, is downloading and uploading at one gig a second. Uh, meanwhile, the government in 2021 is look, looking to spend $100 billion digging trenches and laying cable to <laughs> you know three houses on the side of a mountain. In Colorado, It just it, it, none of it is, is, is intelligent. So,
1: yeah, but, and here's the thing. I mean, uh, I, what you've pointed out for years years ago, and which I truly believe is uh, the internet is a free market xanadu. What's you know wh- why fix what's not broken? That's the. Cl- you know. Well,
4: you know, I, I said in the piece too, when when the, when, the, when the when the government imposed China virus lockdowns started. Well, we've, been, we've been hearing for years from the left that every other country and conglomeration of countries does the Internet better than we do. One of the big ones they love to point to is Europe. Europe is so much better, so much stronger, and so much faster than ours. Well, they don't take into consideration one thing, which is land mass. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason the 3%... In Ameri- of rural America that isn't connected yet is because it's we have a huge country and there's a lot of people living very re- in, in very remote areas. Mm-hmm. Europe is very small, right? Mm-hmm. You can fit half of the EU in Texas, um, and so the, connecting them is easier. But despite all that, when the lockdown started, almost immediately, the EU had to mandate that all video services. Get, stop streaming HD and go to standard definition, which is about 3 millibits per second rather than 5 millibits per second, because their networks couldn't handle the strain. Interesting. We never had a problem in the United States. In fact, our speeds actually increased during the lockdown.
1: That's so interesting. So is, is, uh, so, in, is the uh, uh, government involved in the Internet in Europe?
4: Oh, it's got net neutrality. It's got... Massively overreaching privacy regulations. Yes, it's 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 much much more involved than 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 it is here in the United States.
1: That's which, correct. Which helps make the case for having free markets solve the problems, as opposed to having government intervention. Where the government right hit- and,
4: oh, oh, and just as importantly, have the government stay out when there actually isn't a problem, like in net neutrality, where they say they need these massive government regulations to prevent Internet service providers from blocking people from going to websites. And then you ask a net neutrality proponent for an example of ISPs blocking people from going to websites, and they can't give you any.
1: So interesting. Mo- <laughs> because
4: they don't do it.
1: Seat is so it's, a,
4: it's a massive government increase in the name of nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and there's so much of that going on. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. All
1: right, my pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with my lovely wife, Linda. Or she's the She writes, Greetings from Paradise, very popular uh, newsletter she distributes. You can find all of them. On my website, bobharden.com, we'll find out what's on her mind. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting
1: Network.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in our commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife and I love her dearly. She also writes a column, Greetings from Paradise. It's about what's happening here on the Paradise Coast. Mainly good news. Linda, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Good morning, and I like your new headphones a lot. Uh, you look you. very professional. Oh, my
1: goodness. Well, I can't. I wouldn't wear headphones at all, except I can't hear the commercial breaks if I don't wear them. So. No, it's,
5: they're very cool.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Linda. So um, you were telling me that Condé Nast Magazine is now, re- well, Get what is the story?
5: Condé Nast Magazine, for whoever follows these types of magazines, they're kind of a um, social magazine with with um upscale upscale stuff in it anyway it's just one more magazine i won't be picking up at the grocery store because <clears throat> they have decided now in order to help save the planet yeah they are not going to be uh printing recipes with beef in them any longer
1: oh so woke condy nass is woke <laughs> And they're losing customers. You just—they just lost one because of well, your decision. I, you know, what's incredible to me? They had this uh, Earth Day summit about the climate, yeah. and they had indigenous peoples from around the world. There's seven or eight, nine people. Some of them teenagers are crying out loud. And uh, no, no scientists. I mean, uh, we talk about uh, you know we're going to follow the science. No science scientists at all at this conference. And uh, you, you know why? For the last uh, period of time, the earth has been cooling. (laughs) It's not been
5: warming. But, of course, they had John Kerry there, who, by the way, is flying around in his private jet, burning up all this fuel. It is just so hypocritical. And, of course, Plugs Biden is sitting there in this Zoom call with a mask on.
1: Yeah, that and it's to me. It was so he wanted to give him send a message to the world about wearing a mask. Of course, he sent a message to the world that he's an idiot. That's right. He's you know I have just lost so much respect for him and Kamala Harris, of course, or Kamala whatever her name is. Cackle Harris. Cackle or Harris. Or they call her heels up. Heels up. <laughs> she she uh so unimpressive. So unimpressive.
5: Well, they're not doing anything. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but this is I just read on telegram this morning that they're not they're not um, showing Biden get off uh, Marine One anymore. He actually you know how how Trump would get off Marine One at the yeah, White House yeah. and walk to the wi- uh, at the and walk by the gaggle of press people and go into the white House they're not showing it anymore, and who brought it up last night on one show was Rick Grinnell, the former director of National intelligence and Maybe that wasn't his title, but it was one I of think those it titles. Was. was it? Yeah. Anyway, he says, Why aren't they showed, showing Joe Biden get off Marine One? And why is he taking in this let's try to save the planet era, riding in an SUV from Marine One to the White House, which is like how many steps? Twenty?
1: Yeah. I mean uh, it's, it's the, the- They must they're
5: they're hiding that guy. You so know, much.
1: The question is where's the leadership? I understand the agenda, but where's, you know, who is going to take the time to sell this to the American people? I've not seen one effort to convince us or tell us that this is all good for us. Not one. I mean, what I appreciated about President Trump is of course he was really out there either on Twitter or on TV and, uh, and getting all the reporters upset, of course, but he you know, he he would talk about why we're doing and what we're doing and why we're doing it. It was a true leadership there in terms of making America great again, and uh, when I watch this president it 's like plank by plank he 's tearing the country apart
5: well he 's not doing it Barack obama 's doing it he 's the one behind remember Barack Obama was the one who said in an interview not all that long ago that if he wanted a third if he would he like a third term he says, well, not to be out in front i 'd like somebody to to be out front to, to go through the motions but i 'd be calling the shots from the back that 's exactly what 's happening by the yeah. way, Kamala Harris was his Um, personal choice in the presidential um
1: uh vice presidential choice no on the presidential election no
5: barack obama wanted kamala harris
1: no uh, unbelievable so
5: so so all this is i mean it's so obvious at least to me that that obama's calling the shots and
1: and uh joe biden is moving his mouth well one thing i'm sure about is that uh president biden is not calling the shots he's uh he is a following orders, or he's getting a script from somebody else. Uh, he he he's not smart enough to think this stuff up.
5: Well, he's he's just going through the motions, and it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if I can stomach watching that that speech tomorrow night. I think I'll wait to watch um, the blowback after he does it. But but he's he's what the the State of the Union is usually in what January? Yeah. And here it is April, and he's finally um, under pressure. Um, Getting up to talking to both houses of Congress, who who won't be there. That's right. It's going to be virtual. This is—we're living in a clown world. This is a clown show. This is a movie. This is just not real.
1: Uh, It isn't real, indeed. In fact, is it tomorrow night? I thought it was tonight.
5: No, it's Wednesday night.
1: Wednesday night. All right. So he's going to speak to the nation. It's not even called the uh, State of the Union address. I don't think. I, I think they're uh, no.
5: They gave f- some, some other avoiding that title.
1: title. Yeah. So uh, and it's going to be to a uh, select number of uh, for social distancing. <laughs> what, what, what a bozo! By the way, did
5: you hear? Did you hear this morning that the Biden administration is going to to um, exercise new guidance now for wa- mask wearing outside. I guess the CDC is not qualified anymore. It goes right to the Biden administration. And did you see that flip-flop Fauci has sta- changed his stance again? I'm telling you, that man cannot keep his story straight for 24 hours.
1: Uh, frankly, I've not once heard him reference True objective science, in other words, uh, like a footnote saying that the study, according to Stanford or whatever it might be, he never references the the reasons for the support for his decision. He just say he just says this is what we should do, and you know what? We followed it like insanely. We followed this.
5: Don't say we. I didn't do it.
1: Yeah, I know you didn't, and I respect you for that. A lot of people <laughs> were uh, virtue signaling, telling Linda she should wear wear your mask, but. Uh, you didn't, and uh, you're no. healthy. I've
5: I've never even gotten a cold. Yeah, during all this time, I should be dead, according to what <laughs> Fauci said. <laughs> yeah. so,
1: or, and you could have killed other people, you know, that kind of thing. But
5: well, it is just, uh, you know, it. Well, I don't don't even get me started on that. But, um, but, but you know, um, Florida is is doing great. All their COVID cases have plummeted. Mm-hmm. Texas have, have plummeted, uh, and. I, I say this every time I'm on your show, but thank God we live in the state of Florida with Ron DeSantis as governor.
1: No question. I, and for our listeners' benefit, uh, the Tucker Carlson is doing this new thing. It's What's it called? Uh, anyhow, he's doing a show on, it's streamed. It's streamed on Fox Nation, and, and you
5: have to, you can get it, if you want to go go onto the site, foxnation.com, you can get the first month free. Yeah, And, uh, and, I, and quite I, frankly, it's it's so worth it just to hear Tucker Carlson interview Ron DeSantis.
1: Yeah. There are a couple of good interviews on there. Pierce Morgan, Pierce. that
5: doctor whose name I can't understand. It starts with H-O-O. Right. I mean, it, the,
1: the interviews are... Excellent. Yeah, you, to be, and the reason why is because the Tucker Carlson show moves very quickly and he only has a few minutes to spend with each guest on this show. He spends a full hour, for example, with our governor and he asks really interesting questions. It's a great exchange, and you certainly get to know the governor better as a result of uh, the show. I highly recommend it. Don't know if we'll end up uh, staying permanent members, but I think that interview with with uh, Ron DeSantis was just fantastic. Well, the
5: only reason I joined to begin with was for the first free month was to to hear Trump at the at the um, what was that conference that
1: um, Oh, it's some some political that conservative
5: conference. conference. Oh um, yes, that, and remember that? And, yes, and so we wanted to hear him the full thing without commercial. Or whatever. so we joined, and then um, I was going to quit because I don't have an interest in all this other stuff. But then Tucker Carlson came on with this Tucker Carlson today. Yeah. And now he's got another um, Tucker Carlson Investigates where he's doing in-depth um, stories about like Chicago and the crime rate in Chicago yeah. and all that. It's, it's, I, I'm fascinated by him.
1: I am too. He is the best commentator on, uh, on television. And, uh, he just does a great job. I'm just really pleased with his. He actually, when he asks a question, he asks short questions and he listens. That's that's a change for a lot of people. You
5: know what? And he asked the questions that, I don't know about you, but it's questions that I want to know the answers to.
1: You're darn right. Again, Linda Harden, just so grateful for your commentary here in the show. When are you going to write another Greetings from Paradise? I don't
5: know, but I think you probably should stop promoting my Greetings from Paradise because, you know what? I, I'm i just not motivated right now with all this craziness going yeah. on because, because um, you know, it's summertime. The season's off in Florida. I mean, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to push it. I found out how to do it again, but I'm, I'm just going to, I'm in hiatus.
1: There's a hiatus here.
5: Greetings from Paradise is in hiatus.
1: She will emerge soon, or sometime. Well, or sometime. Fe- sometime in the future. Linda, I just genuinely appreciate you going on the show. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it on uh, tomorrow. We'll visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll continue our discussion about gun control. I wonder if you will comment at all about the Supreme Court's decision to uh, take a look at uh, the Second Amendment case. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor at Mercy College, and uh, Professor Larry Bell Endowed, professor at the University of Houston. We'll visit with him as well. Uh, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
0: Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.